What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, me! Hey! My mad dog. Happy New Year. 2021 first pod. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy freaking New Year. Thank God 2021's here, even though it doesn't really feel that different. It feels yet. exactly the same. 2021 <laughs> started. Same. I'm like, 2021, here we go. Turn on the TV. Rose Bowl was in Dallas. I was like, oh, well, this is not off to a good start. So I think I said that on the I, last podcast. I, I, may, I may or may not, too. My, my gym now has like an outdoor deal with a tent. Might have gotten to a confrontation this morning with an older woman. About, uh, but okay, let's yeah, break this. You know, down. just it was just uh, it, it, it wasn't not not. I don't regret it, but it's just kind of proud of this. T- tensions yeah. are high. Tensions are high. Yeah. She, you tensions guys were using high. the same. You didn't. She didn't wipe down the squat rack after. Yeah, it, it was just it was a disagreement. I don't, don't want to dive too deep. All right, I can't wait to hear more about it. Got, it got, got the, ugly uh, in the uh, off the record part. She of the was podcast. wrong. She was wrong. Of uh, course, NFL regular season is done, John. <laughs> Uh, actually, I should correct myself. As we begin this recording, we still have the NFC East to decide. Yeah, Washington. I've really thought about this. I I feel pretty good about, and I don't know if this would pass or not. There should be a rule. Either you got to be 500 or above to win the division to get a home playoff game, or under 500, like a seven and nine, is not guaranteed a playoff spot or something like that. Like I just watching these teams today, watching the little Cowboys Giants, like. Kind of embarrassing, you know, when it's just that the the NFC is a little down this year, but I don't know, man. I mean, you look at the AFC, took 11 wins to get wild cards. It's just like, I, I, I feel a little dirty when a seven and nine team gets in. It's yeah. just, I'll tell you, especially I don't, kind of back to kind of back to back years too. So it's like they're getting some playoff bursts out of the, out of the division where it's just like historically down. So a couple of things, one, um, I don't hate that, but it's not because I think it's unfair. It's just because it makes next week suck that, you know, like Washington is going to be playing. T- it's more about the playoff matchups for me than it is about 
what's right. Now, yeah, I, do I think guess when you, I guess fairness is the wrong word to say. Just the integrity of the sport, or just something like deserve. Like you just shouldn't get in when you're a loser. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I do think though, if you if we once we as a collective expand the playoffs, so let's say you got eight teams then in each conference, right? Then there's plenty. Now you've got even your Colts make it in in that scenario. Like, are there really nine teams? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm, my point is, once the playoffs are big enough, I got no problem with – I'd have no problem with a division winner based on you the integrity the, you of You think sport. the playoffs are going to get bigger than they are now? You don't? You, I thought seven was like the max. I don't think they'll go again. You know, I don't 16? mean next year. I just mean – I just – how could they not? It's just going to be like – Yeah, I guess, I, guess you never say, I guess you never say never, but how, it does – How will it Because it, it does feel like – watching the, the AFC stuff play out today – now, it was just a really good year in the AFC where it took 11 wins to get in and like 10 win teams in, you know, the Dolphins don't get in. But like looking back, it was pretty hard to get in with six teams. Like it was really difficult. Yeah. Right? Wild cards could be like, who would have got left out this year? The the Colts? I don't know. I got to even look up. I mean, it's just. You're talking about the AFC? The, the AFC, the Colts would have been left out. Yeah. They went 11 and five. Yeah. Like last year. 11 and five. I know they deserve to be a playoff team, but it's not. But it, the problem what we're talking about was in the NFC, not in the AFC. True. And the Raiders finished right behind. Well, how many games behind the Raiders were? Well, my my point is just the the division winner. You know, you automatically get the home game, and when you just see the seven and nine team gets the home game. Oh, so you're not like, saying you would keep them out of the playoffs? You're just saying you wouldn't give them a home game? Well, no, I was saying both. Okay. But I, we, we, I I'd be good with starting to the home game. Maybe you immediately put them as a seven seed or something. That'd be a start. Yeah. You agree um, getting home game at seven and nine though is kind of feels a little. Well, it kind of actually again, makes fa- the game better the now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> you're gonna have a seven and nine team. They better be at home or else the game. But the problem be awful. guy, we've seen that back when there were fans. Remember the uh, when, my first year in the NFL, Seattle. Yeah, they beat and the, the Saints. Beast Quake. I mean, they're playing a Saints team. I think they won like 11, 12 games uh, and wrong. they fucking lost. It was wrong. Uh, by the way, John. Uh, Congratulations to our guy, our, our friend Nick, who uh, texted me the other day or told me the other day he got the promo code HAM on Ease. And Ease, apparently on your birthday, they send you an, an additional discount. He got a he double dipped. You got a double dip on the Ease.com promo code HAM for 20 bucks off your first order, $50 or more, or HAM10 if you're a returning user. God, I, I love double dipping. As someone who's just so jealous of these coaches that double dip, uh, I, I I would I would highly recommend if you have a birthday coming up this month, <laughs> I would be all over. I think all our birthdays com. are coming up this month. E A Z E dot com promo code ham or promo code ham ten. Get on it right now. I just had a delivery yesterday. Edibles, pre rolls, vapes, the nuggets of uh, marijuana, cannabis, sativa, indica, all the terms. They got it all for you. Go dabble. I can't recommend enough. I love our partners and, and friends at Ease. Friends first, though. Yes, we, we do. We do love a, a great start to another year of Ease being a huge part of the podcast. We appreciate their support of the show. We appreciate your support of the show by your Ease.com purchases, by telling other people about Ease, uh, and by using the promo code HAM. I did not, I wish I'd thought of some Happy New Year weed kind of crossovers like we had in the holiday season. So go ahead and DM those. Happy. I don't even know. Uh, happy. I, I got nothing. I got nothing off the top of my head. The holidays? Weed. Yeah, we had a bunch of holiday uh, ones, remember? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't have any for, for the new year. 
Yeah, we'll have to think about that. I'm one. sure Ease has got some. You I know? was trying to figure out like a val- Valentine's Day one, that one. Valentine's would be, yep. Valentine's yep. would be good. Some flowers. Some flower for your love. It's uh, not terrible. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we, we're we spitballing work on her. Yeah, we Take some time. Ease.com, promo code AM, promo code AM10. All right, John, uh, no real reason to talk about the 49er game. Draft position was all that mattered. They ended up here in large part because of the fact that, again, Jimmy Garoppolo, this time, you know, Kittle's playing, so sitting next to Richard Sherman um, Sunday watching the Niners game. Maybe it's Sherman's last game as a Niner. Maybe it's Jimmy's last game. Jimmy Garoppolo watch is officially on. I know the day started with Chris Mortensen saying most league insiders believe the Niners will move on if there's a better option. That's not breaking news to anybody. The real debate over the next several weeks and months is going to be what are the other options and are they better? But we can January 4th, it officially begins. What's funny is bringing up Richard Sherman is he's basically gone on record like, yeah, it's over. Like, they're not going to bring me back. And Jimmy, and it's why he's trying to get being honest. That's why he's been pumping Robert Sala up so he can get that last contract. contract. Don't blame him. And Jimmy. They've been just saying nonstop, he'll be the quarterback, he'll be the quarterback. The picture today, the visual today of Jimmy Garoppolo sitting between Trent Williams, Richard Sherman, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. It's like, what are we doing here? But that picture of Jimmy Garoppolo more than the other guys is just, we have been talking about it nonstop. I don't think he's back on this team next year. I don't know the exact path. Are they going to trade pick 12 for Matt Stafford? Are they going to... I don't know, trade Jimmy and just figure it out? Are they going to draft a guy and then ultimately trade Jimmy in training camp? I just don't think when week one comes around, I will be shocked if Jimmy's the quarterback. Shocked? Now by the time we get to training camp, shocked. I don't expect him to be the quarterback. I Maybe shocked's a little strong. My expectation is for Jimmy Garoppolo to not be here. I do not expect him back. And I think it's as simple as, because it came out today, like who are they going to replace him with? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton? One thing we've we can't keep comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to just normal quarterbacks, even if they're quote unquote worse than him. Jimmy Garoppolo now to me is known as the quarterback that sits in the suite in the sense of he's not available for games. So like we talk about him like a player, he's been that way really for one season. The other seasons, it, the two of the three seasons, right in eighteen and in nineteen, or I mean eighteen and twenty, he's missed seventy percent of the games, and that is just you could be the best team in the league, the Packers. Patriots for years with Brady. You're missing the playoffs if that's the case. Like that's just, just that's the starting point when you then you factor in all the other shit. But like to me, the biggest issue this year for the Niners, like the number one issue that they're, I mean, the playoffs. The Bears made the playoffs at eight and eight. The Niners went six and ten, and Jimmy missed whatever ten games and really got yanked from another. It was a disaster. It's because of Jimmy Garoppolo, not Kittle missing time, not Bosa out for the year. Like if Jimmy Garoppolo plays sixteen games, how are they not eight and eight? Like they're to me, and they think about the games they've won. They're probably a playoff team. You mean like the that blowout win in New England? Today. Remember that game? In what? Yeah. You said think about but the I'm games they won like because he 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 started and finished John four games. By the way, so he only started four games. No, he he started six games, but then he got, he got hurt so against the. Uh, Jets. So actually, he got no, yanked in the Dolphins. Got game. yanked in the Dolphins game. Then it got hurt in the Seahawks game. So he actually only started and finished three games. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I just have a hard, I have a hard time seeing them. Like I, I view him as the injured guy now, not like the player anymore. Because when you just miss, you know, he goes out in week three, basically. However, you want to 
you know, shake it 10 games, but it really is a little, feels a little less than that, right? Because like you said, he didn't finish some of the games. No, no, 10 is how many uh, he missed. So six yeah, is Yeah, 10's how many he missed, yeah. and then he missed the other two, you know, parts of the other two. And really in some of those games, like they lost week one to the Cardinals when he was fully healthy and just not very good. See, yeah. I think uh, that is the other part of this. It's not just that he is a hurt quarterback. Like everything you said, I agree with. But part of, I think, the way we've talked about him when he's hurt is a reflection of how he looked when he played. And even before he got hurt, it looked sketchy against the Cardinals week it, one. It, it, the, the year was a disaster for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? There, yeah. Is there anything positive you take away from it? Well, he made a lot of money. <laughs> his, John, his short sleeve hoodie game from the is Niners, as from strong the Niners. as anybody's. Right. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a good looking, rich guy. He just, is he a good quarterback? Like, that well, was the question. See, I, I felt confident answering last year. I just like, let me ask you this. Part, part of being a good quarterback is like, you just play. You know? Let me ask you this. If he looked good when he played, would you be saying what you're saying right now? If he had missed I would all say, the time I, that he missed, but he looked good I, when he played. I, I would pivot a little bit, but I would say part of the. He'd be really scary to just he would put be. all your chips in his basket. He would be. But he, right? but to me, like, I would feel, feel really it, strongly yeah. that he was your starting quarterback next year. I agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the starter. Sh- shocked was strong. I'm just okay. predicting. But strong. I'm just saying, like, I think what you're saying is, and here's what I'll say, and you tell me if you agree with this. I think it's, I almost said under 50%. I mean, it's 50, it feels like it's 50 50. Um, the only thing that holds me back, and I've said this many times before, is it's always harder to get rid of quarterbacks than you think. The, to me, the other difference, though, guy is, and here is the, here is the curveball this year that did not exist last year. What, what you say it all the time, like Cedric Entertainer, wish a motherfucker would sit in my seat, like he's just waiting, wish a motherfucker would. like kind of. I, I I think the, the Niners are just begging it's the wish factor. To like, who? Hey, Belichick, you want this guy? I hope you want him. Like we want to get rid of him. Matt Stafford, you want to demand a trade here? Like they they are actively looking. Mm-hmm. Like last year it was like you know they weren't even actively looking. Tom reached out to them. If the same situation happened this year, we agree Jimmy would be gone. <laughs> like if it was Brady yeah, for Jimmy I mean, this year, so it would be Jimmy. It's a great it would point. be a no-brainer. When Mort says they believe they'd move on if they could find a better option, that means they're looking for a better yeah, what option. What I'm saying is like, yeah, that applied last year when they evaluated Brady and decided not to now maybe you know, I couldn't I shouldn't say decided as if it was Brady was gonna come if they had told him they want him. But they are we did that we did this, John, last year. What they kind of made it out to sound like, because the it Niners made it sound like they season, were a much better option than the than Tampa, right? Yeah. They just lost in the Super Bowl. If Tom Brady was with the Niners this year, I mean, they're in the playoffs. Right? So here's my... I was thinking about that the other day. Like, the Bucs were the five seed. It's not like they were dominant. But and they I won 11 say the games. Ni- yeah, that's true. The problem... He threw you 39... He threw 40 touchdowns, guys. But I wonder... 40. I'm concerned... Niners quarterbacks got hit more than any other quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He gets rid of the ball fast, though. He does. When he, when he needs to. I know. Guy, I'm he just... threw 40 touchdowns. I know his wide receivers are good. No, no. 40. What I'm saying is not about him. The, my only hesitation on that is, would he have been healthy but on that on this Niner team with all yeah, these I mean, other they probably go, you know, Kittle never gets when, hurt, maybe, because Brady hits him, doesn't throw, doesn't miss high. And maybe they just run different type plays with Tom. Who knows? Yeah. But yes, I think he's a better player. He would have been a better player. And they would have been better off. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has put himself in the situation. I don't think he meant it. He just got hurt again. He doesn't want to get hurt. But they are in a situation now where his bosses, the general manager, 
who I think his people have been looking, right? They've gone to see all these quarterbacks live. They report Zach Wilson. He's gone to see Justin Fields. Like, they've seen all these guys. And I just think their activity, like, last year it was doing other things. Like, who's the best wide receiver? What do we have to do with our defensive free agents? This year, to me, the number one priority on the whiteboard, it ain't even close. There's not even a close second our quarterback situation, right? Yeah. That was just not the case last year, and it is the case this year. You know, I guess I guess Kyle Sh- Kyle Shanahan told Greg Papa on the pregame show uh, the best game that we could play is a fast game. Basically, I can't wait till this game's over because that means the season's over, and then apparently he said the same thing postgame. Now, I would imagine a big part of that is for all these guys, he wants to get home and see his family, and this season's yeah. been absolutely miserable on him. Um, but the other part of this is he wants to get to work on getting back to where they think they're supposed to be. And what does that mean for him? I know what it doesn't mean for him. I know what it does mean for him, I should say. And that's watching quarterbacks, evaluating quarterbacks, right? Here's the other question I have, and we'll talk to talk about Robert Sala. So if Sala gets, let's say Sala takes the Lions job, like have less people in NFL front offices seen college players this year? Like have less 49ers personnel seen Zach Wilson in person than a normal year. In other words, if Sala takes the job and takes makes Adam Peters, like takes Adam Peters as his GM, yeah, and Adam Peters is like the guy running point on Zach Wilson scouting for the 49ers. Yeah. I just wonder, is there going to be less information available to the Niners if they lose one of their front office members than normally that's, would be? That's, well, that's why you send Adam Peters to Provo or to Boise State when they play. Right? You've already you've already accumulated his information. Yeah, he's I guess already, you're right. He's I already mean, put he's, it in He's the, typed it up and told you what he thinks. Yeah. That's true. I always think that. I, I just think it's normal protocol. The guys leave, you have their information. It's just, gotcha. I, I don't think the NFL is as big of a secret as people think. So does Adam Peters download all that stuff to a personal thumb drive before he leaves? I, I may probably give it to him. I, I don't know. Maybe he could print it out. It is his work. Yeah. Again, they, they're on good terms. Proprietary information. You know? I know. Yeah. I haven't, I'm haven't. i not kicking them out the door. I'm just made me think of something else. Uh, yeah, there's options. The Wentz thing, which we'll get to, Stafford, draft picks. This didn't work for, for no. multiple reasons. One is the injuries, but the injuries thing covers up the fact that it wasn't going great. Yeah. Anyway. I think they're, I think they're directly correlated, too. Like, you miss time. He doesn't get better. Yeah, they're all same, part of the same bubble. Adam Schefter reported early on Sunday that Carson Wentz, Plans to ask for a trade in the offseason because his relationship with head coach Doug Peterson is fractured beyond repair. John, you were part of the Eagles front office. Doug Peterson, hard to get along with or not hard to get along with? What's the word? Never, never met a soul that does not like Doug Peterson. So I would go, yes, easy to get along with. I'd say when you think Doug Peterson... You think nice, likable human. I mean, he gets along I mean, with the Philadelphia media. I watch his press conferences all the time because he handles them so well. Guy, yeah, he's one of your classic like backup quarterbacks for 14 years. Why? People like them. It's not like it's not one of those where I think we've seen it over the years with Parcells, the Sabins, Mike Zimmer types. You usually don't see it with like normal, nice offensive guys. Like you're not gonna read too many like Frank Reich, he doesn't see eye to eye with so and so. Like same with Doug. Pete Carroll feels like gets along with a lot of guys. She's like, what? I got this situation red flagged, guy. Didn't Peterson, by the way, Doug Peterson, so likable. Didn't he host a radio show in Green Bay when he was Favre's backup? And he would like drive, heard the story, like he'd drive like 30 minutes and then he would just like hang out with fans afterwards at the bar. I think like Favre didn't want to do it. So he just said he'd do it for him, right? Wasn't that the deal? And then he hosted the. 
Anyway. One of his things, he gives ice cream away at the team meeting on Saturday nights. People love it. <laughs> Time to eat a goddamn snack. <laughs> All right, what do you got? I well, interrupted you. Yeah, I, I just, to me, I'm just not, like, Carson Wentz, his career right now, you can't leak this out week 17. Like, what is to be gained from Carson Wentz for it to be out that he's going to demand a trade? Because it's clear where it's coming from. Like, wh- why is he trying to look like the bad guy? Why is he trying to... You don't gain sympathy right now when you played really, really poorly, right? Like, a business... If you go under as a business, like, that's in normal times, like, that's kind of on you, right? For whatever reason. If you've been doing for a while and it just goes under. Like, right now, if you go under, people kind of, you know, you get a lot of sympathy. There are all these charities that are helping people out. Like, people understand. Sometimes when we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick got benched you know, it was unfair just in terms of play. He was playing well. Turned out he was better than Tua, and they were winning when he started. But, like, Carson Wentz, like, not all benchings are equal. He got benched 100% because he couldn't play any worse. So, like, you don't get any... Sometimes you get equity, like, with the public. I don't see how he gets any equity with the public. Like, oh, feel bad for me. Like, part of it's being a fucking pro. Like, hey, you know, shut up. No one cares what you think in this situation. I think what's happening is he's trying to get Doug Peterson fired. It looked like Doug might be headed towards a firing at the midway point of the season, right? And now it feels like he's saved. I shouldn't say feels like. It seems like he saved his job. I'm saying this on a Sunday night. And I think he's saying he realizes, like, if Peterson comes back next year, nothing changes. He hates Doug. Now, to your point, he hates him because he's not playing. It's his fault. But he hates him. I think that that, to me, is the... That's got to be the motivation here is he's trying to get Peterson fired. Which, okay, not the first athlete won't be the last to try to get a head coach fired, right? I, I was going to use the word star player, highly paid player. <laughs> Let's just use that word. To me, you, you have validity if you're LeBron James and you want the guy gone. Aaron Rodgers with McCarthy. If, if he told Mark Murphy, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, bye-bye, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carson Wentz. If I'm Howie and I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm in a weird spot. It's hard for me to value what you say right now, given I've paid you all this money. We've given you every opportunity. We invested the franchise. And now you're bitching and moaning? Like, you got justifiably benched. I just, I I, I don't see where he really has a, his argument is just backed up with support. Like, he can think that. I People think whatever we want to think, right? I, I'm sure... Me and the lady that got in the argument this morning, I'm pretty confident where I stand. I'm pretty confident where she stands, and it wouldn't change. Just like this might not change, but the fact is, Carson, like, you don't get to just dictate for when you've been playing really shitty. And you really, like, some of your career resume has a lot of holes. Yeah. Right? It's not like you got two MVPs or... If Josh Allen came out at the end of the season, let's just hypothetically say... And it was reported like he cannot work with Sean McDermott. I think everyone's responsibility. Sean McDermott's probably in trouble, right? But it, I, this guy doesn't have any equity. No, he doesn't. The, so there's a couple things too, right? One of it, like what you're talking about is not just is it right or wrong, but would a team who needs a quarterback like the Niners or the Colts, somebody in that realm, would they be interested in him? So a couple things. One, keep in mind, Doug Peterson is not in charge of the draft in Philadelphia, right? It's not Doug Peterson. Now, maybe Doug wanted Jalen Hurts. Maybe he thought Jalen Hurts was intriguing. 
But Doug Peterson didn't draft the guy that replaced Carson Wentz. That's not Doug's fault that Jalen Hurts got drafted. Number two, the guy that's going to win the MVP is in a similar boat as you, Carson, just from a draft standpoint. Except the guy they drafted, they drafted in the first round. They drafted Jordan Love. Rodgers just handled it. So you had every chance to beat out Jalen Hurts. You did. The job was yours. He looks better when he's the quarterback than you do. And then finally, just this isn't the first thing we've heard. Sorry, I just want to say this about that. Right? Like before it was like, oh, yeah, but it's uh, who, who was the receiver that people thought was the leak a couple oh, years ago? Al- Alshon. Say, like, oh, Alshon. No one, whatever. Alshon says somebody said that no one in the locker room likes Carson. They don't respect him. But yeah, because well, tra- remember, Foles used to throw to him more than Carson because Carson was throwing his buddy Ertz. Right. It's just, Al- just Alshon. Well, maybe it wasn't just Alshon. Sorry. Okay. Jump in. I understand the Colts because Frank has an intimate relationship with the guy. I was listening to Peter Which King. Which guy? Board. He's got an intimate relationship with both guys, Doug and Carson. Well, yeah. I, I just heard Peter King had Frank on his podcast and just ask him, like, I, I'm not trying to get you in any trouble here, but just like your relationship with, with Carson Wentz. And Frank kind of flipped it and like, my relationship not just with Carson, but with Nick is really good. Like I, both those guys, and he kind of, I just think he gets very close to his quarterbacks, and it's proven with Rivers. I That move I would get. To me, the Niners, some of the Carson Wentz things do not jive with the way Kyle is. And I'm not saying they jive with the way Doesn't, Frank is, or but just Frank at least knows the player. But they, but they, but he knows the player. Yeah, That, to me, there, there, there are the parallels with Kyle, there aren't any. And this is like... I don't know. Like I, I think this year just reflected really, really bad on Carson Wentz. I, I don't think anyone else looked that. Now you could, if you're a diehard Eagles fan, like how he's drafted or whatever. But I think Carson Wentz is by far the biggest loser in the franchise. Like, what's his deal? Yeah. No, I don't think you could. Even though I think he still has enough, I, I, I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. But I don't feel good about it right oh, yeah. now. Yeah. And on top of that, I wouldn't want. I, I think even if he is a good quarterback, you would have to take a little bit of stock of all the other, just the personality red flags that seems like exist. Well, I'll give you one. I think if you gave any team the opportunity to pick one guy, they would Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, it wouldn't even be a hesitation because they both have been terrible this year. You would just take Carson Wentz hoping to get the upside, right? If you just had to pick the yeah, two. Yeah, yep. The difference, though, is like, I don't think, say what you want about Jared Goff, there are no questions about his teammates and the way he acts and conducts himself and just just resonates no. with his locker room. Like to me, that's an A plus. That's part of being a star quarterback, right? Say what you want about Jimmy. Like the guys like him, you know, it's like not liking, like it's, that's a fucking problem. And it's, and it's, know? and it was real before this year. And I'd heard the whispers. You'd heard the whispers. Like there was enough out there that I'd heard from people who'd been around that organization. Obviously you worked for the organization that made me think when that Alshon report came out, or I keep saying Alshon, he wasn't attached to it, that it was real. Um, yeah. Just a, a a very high level of insecurity with Carson has, for a few years now, been part of who he been part of the story, and it came out when Foles it when they want when he wanted Foles gone. God forbid we keep Foles around in case I get hurt again and he's the backup. Now Foles wanted to leave too, right? Foles, you, you, you rightfully know, you so. Know what the, you know what the argument might be. Maybe he doesn't have a thick enough skin for a place like Philadelphia. Yeah, but I think I'm I serious. don't think he has thick enough skin. It doesn't feel like he has thick enough skin for the competition. Like the media is not what's making this a problem in Philadelphia. It's the fact that he no, would, but but I'm just saying the pressure of a place like that is just kind of crumbled under it all. Yeah, well, that's I mean, 
it gets a little easier That's, on another team when you don't have the competition. It does, but but to me again, like you could end up with competition somewhere. It's a second. They you didn't could, take a first they, round quarter. They took a guy in the second round who's not better I know, than you. I know, but I, I think in, in his kind of warp mind, he thinks it's really like he, it's I, the I second could see time. If you, now. Just, if you if you just try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, I don't agree with anything. I bet he thinks they're out to get me. They're trying to replace. Uh, yeah, me. Yeah, I'm just saying they gave you that. more money than anybody, and you now have had. I don't care. Security issues with two quarterbacks. Yeah, and they ran one. They ran Foles out, and uh, that's not accurate. They were happy. I, I, to, I, Foles was happy I, to leave because he got paid. I heard so like a 45-year-old Navy SEAL guy say this. He's like, you know what's funny is like the word mental toughness gets thrown around now a lot. I would say like the yeah. last decade. Mamba really mentality. He's like, he's like, fucking the 90s, you just figure it out. You know, <laughs> get it done. Like, uh, did, you, did you finish? You know? It wasn't it was a like, name for it. it. And, but I think the one thing with quarterbacks, whether we call it mental toughness, the grit, whatever, he, he's got to fucking toughen up or he's just not going to last. I, yeah, I... He doesn't. I couldn't. I, I would really struggle if I were the Colts to bring him into my organization as my center, as the guy. But back to the. I don't think they're. I don't think the Eagles are going to risk it. Like they're not. This is not the NBA. They're not going to let him dictate the terms. Right. I'll be surprised. I expect Carson Wentz to be an Eagle next year. And Doug Peterson to be the coach. I just don't see why that would have came out. Like it came out from multiple people. I do think he's back. Yeah. I but it, it it did like I was like, is he gonna be back? <laughs> I don't think the Eagles maybe smart. The one thing Jeffrey's big on like uh, PR type stuff. You wouldn't want it out that you weren't gonna fire him and then fire him. It's one thing to do. They, they did that last year with assistants. It's another thing to do with the head coach. Yeah, it would look kind of jumbled. It would be right. Yeah. If he was gonna get fired, smart for Doug to get that out. <laughs> yeah, maybe Doug's the one that leaked it. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't blame him. John, the podcast is brought to you all by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We appreciate you guys using the, the, the code as we have been betting at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. When you use the code, they'll match that deposit 50% up, up to $1,000. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you do have to bet the full amount of the bonus before you can withdraw your funds. More details available on the website. You can also decline the bonus, but use the promo code. We appreciate the credit. You, you know what they're going to have this week, guy? Not just the the three playoff games a day. I mean, we got six total playoff games. So the early lines are already out on the AFC that uh, you can bet on NFC winners. You can bet on AFC winners. You can bet on Super Bowl champions. You're going to have a bunch of props, you know, who can, uh, who can win the conferences, who can win the Super Bowl. You get some pretty good value, right? I mean, obviously, I would imagine the Chiefs are going to be really highly. But if you like a team like... Seattle or Baltimore, or whatever. I, I do think you're going to be able to find a team probably eight, nine to one to win the Super Bowl that, you know, could conceivably win it. I, the Chiefs, like, they haven't really been playing that well, and I think they'll be the heavy favorite, but you probably get some pretty good value in the AFC. Like, it wouldn't be insane to see one of these other AFC teams win it. They all just, I mean, they all, shit, there's not a team in the conference that doesn't have 11 wins. Like, I think it's fair to say this has a chance to be the most competitive AFC ever. So if you're going to take some flyers, you probably could get really, really good odds by the time you listen to this. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1 on some of those uh, the AFC teams. I'm going to look at that, like the Titans or the Colts. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. Uh, I got to. They'll, they'll be out in the morning once it all becomes official. By the way, as we're talking about Jalen Hurts and like Carson's insecure about a quarterback that has the Eagles 13 and a half point underdogs on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this one, John? You ready for this? What's that? Uh, 
Now, the cutoff for this is, it looks like it's Monday at 5 p.m. You can bet on Dwayne Haskins' next team. Seahawks plus 250, Cowboys plus 300, Niners and Patriots plus 400. No chance. Is it, are the Panthers there? It's all the Panthers. Panthers plus around. 700, yeah. D- don't hate the value there. Do uh, you think you get signed by Monday afternoon? No, I'm not uh I'm not sure what uh, I don't I guess a lot of guys they they call these things future contracts, so teams that don't make the playoffs basically sign their practice squad players to what's called a future contract. So you could sign Dwayne Haskins to a future contract where you get him, he's basically under contract until you cut him. You know what would be a fun bet? We should actually maybe as as a podcast make this bet. Over under Dwayne Haskins completions in 2021 is a What's half a completion. Minus 115. I just think there's so many guys get injured. It feel I would bet the I would take the over. Yeah. So do you spend the whole year rooting for Dwayne Haskins to get in the game and complete What's a pass? What's the under? What's the under? It, they're both minus 115. Odds are kind of shitty there. To me, if it was if it was like plus one twenty for the under, I, I might do that just to root against Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> I think as a podcast, we should put in a bet on Dwayne Haskins over under half a completion for twenty twenty one. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not against it. All right, everybody, go. Uh, you you can all go uh, do it with us. Any question that Robert Salas coached his last game for the 49ers in your mind? Uh, I, I, you know, the more you think about it, by the time that you listen to this or watch this video, maybe we'll have more openings than we expect. But as of right now, five teams, you know, I guess it could change, like get to six or seven. But if a couple of these college guys, you know, if Matt Campbell becomes the Jets coach and Urban Meyer becomes the Jags coach, let's just say, all of a sudden you're just looking at three spots and who knows, you know, maybe Marvin Lewis gets a job. Then you're basically Robert Sala, Arthur Smith, Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy. All these guys are fighting for kind of like two spots. Yeah. Does Raheem just keep the job in Atlanta? I guess the Chargers... Uh, you know, haven't officially become open. The one thing working against Robert Sala when I just bring when I just throw out the coordinators, like the first four that come to mind, him included, it's Sala, Smith, Dable, Bienemy. Those guys do have something that just Sala can't provide, and that's they work with quarterbacks. Yeah, right. They call the offense. There, there is. The more I get back to this in a league that's just so predicated on offense, I just wonder if the teams like. Part of hiring Urban Myers, he is an offensive guy, right? I don't even know what I Matt think you're Kane, really hiring him for too? organization, though, right? True, but like his offense is, in the, I mean, he's to he me, Matt Campbell's offense. an organizational guy. Urban, you're right, leans offense. That's true, but he is an organizational guy. Like, I think one thing that Salah has going for him, um, Salah's getting this Lions combination like it's a college job, which is a little weird. Uh, yeah, and I don't like that. And I wouldn't, to me, yeah. It's always weird in college, and I, if I were him, I would. Take, there are other jobs I would take over the Lions job, right? I think it's. I do Unless think it's really, less weird in college because I do think it matters it is in less certain weird areas. In yeah, yeah, yeah. But it matters I think it in the over, South. I think, I think it matters it gets on the West. Overvalued in college, but you're right. It doesn't matter way more than it does in the NFL. It did not matter at all that Del Rio was from the Bay Area when he got the Raider job at all. No, right? it's just stupid stuff that looks good in a press release, it's like in the yeah. press conference, right? Like ah. I grew up uh, coming to games. Like, okay, that's cool. It's not nothing, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, I'm 57 now, so that was 40 years ago. <laughs> you know? it's It cracks me up. But uh, I do think one of the things, if I'm an owner watching and you go, okay, yeah, all those guys, that's a great case you can make. But I'm watching the Bills right now going, how are they figuring it out with Sean McDermott? Right? 
I'm watching Baltimore going. I don't know what their guy does. I'm watching Pittsburgh. I don't. Their guy. I don't. He's an organizational guy. Seattle. He's a defensive coach, but he's not an offensive coach, right? So I'm watching Ron Rivera just change the this franchise that is just a mess. And you're still saying Salah has a lot working for him. Yeah, I'm saying maybe there's more working for him than it seems because he. Here's the thing. He didn't. This season didn't end, and then Salah who has just been a name for two years, is just still a name like he's been for two years. The season ended, I think, for him with quite a bit of momentum. Like, yeah. he's had, he came into the year with some momentum. He went into last offseason with momentum, came into the year with momentum, and then the way it played out for a few, for like a month or two, it was like, well, this might not work out in his favor. They're getting too many guys hurt. This will be bad. And then by the end, they had everybody hurt, and they were still good on defense. And then they played in a few big games, and he was on TV yelling and screaming, and, and it turned out like, I think he was really good again. I I think he, his stock has gone up since they played in the Super Bowl. I agree, and I, I think his number one attribute is going to be people love him. Like that, to me, the number one thing is, because you're, you're not hiring a defensive guy because of scheme. If the guy's in the mix to interview, his defense is good, Right. So it's like, that's just, yeah, we, we get that. But to me, his number one attribute is like people follow when he says and people, he resonates with guys. Like I saw Jeff Ulbrich. He, I think it was like Friday. Yeah. They had to work from home and kind of just gave it, I don't know if it was impromptu. I mean, It was I, his I, last I, press. It was like the last time he was going to talk to the media. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to say something about Raheem Morris. And just reading that. I do think he brought up a pretty good point for a guy that I remember growing up on in the late 90s was on some of those Niners teams yeah. and is like a Jim Moore, kind of an old school guy, kind of admitting like the game's changed a lot and the players are a lot different clearly than like the 80s. But even like when I was playing in the late 90s, early 2000s, this guy, and I do think he was genuine. Like, I don't think he's just hoping the guy, I, it was like, this guy resonates with guys. Yeah. So it's like, this guy's a I legitimate it was coach. Gr- it was a great quote. <laughs> it was really impressive. And I think it's why you see, like, the Niners are going to want Raheem Morris. The Raiders are going to want Raheem Morris. Like, Raheem Morris is clearly a really high-level guy. You're uh, talking about if I he's not I, the head coach as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, as a defensive yeah. coordinator. I do think Sala, if you just hear people talk about him, it read a lot like that. Like, he just resonates, whether it's Richard Sherman or whether it's with, like, Javon Kinlaw, right, who was homeless three or four years ago. It was like, he can just, which is a big thing, I think, in 2020, because it's a double whammy. One, these owners have never been paying players more. Now, I, I get it's all relative. Like, they've always had the money to pay them. So whether you're paying them a million and you're making 10 or whether you're making 100 and you're paying them 20, right? It's all... But still, like, the bigger the checks get, the, I just think the more pressure comes, you go, can the guy relate with my players? Can he get the most out of my players? Especially when you look around the league and you go, God, I mean, Pete's crushing it. People love Andy. McVeigh, Kyle, like, these type guys really resonate. It's like, that's kind of what you want. Even Joe Judge... Just seeing some of the way players talk about him, like, and I think Belichick and Saban. Sometimes you think those old assholes. Clearly, the players like them. You know, like whenever you see the like Alabama guys, because the season's going to be over. Now, who knows with Corona, like how many guys? If it was a normal year, think how many NFL non-playoff Alabama guys would be at that game. And it's just they're just they're welcome, and it's just kind of normal. And Saban will kind of fucking give Amari as he's walking. Yeah, it just feels kind of natural to these guys, and I. I do think that's important in 2020. It's I, always been important, but it's a, it's just a little different now. I think basically what Ulbrich was saying, like, 
The players you make a lot more money than us these, now. Yeah, you can't just motherfuck these guys all day. It's not going to work. Yeah. He did Jim Moore, that is kind of his style, right? And that's an Olbrick guy. Um, you know the other thing about Sala, like what you you just made me think of this when you're talking about Raheem Morris. We've sat in many of Robert Sala's press conferences just over the years, right? Um, we've been we you and I have been to several practices on a day where it just turns out Robert Sala's talking that day, and so you go sit in the media room with the other members of the media. It's like 15 people in there, and Robert Sala talks. And for a guy who is really high energy on the sidelines, you can see what he feels. The camera loves Robert Sala on the sideline because he's very active. He's yeah. not a roller coaster emotional guy. Like there are some guys that act like that and then they get in front of the podium and the microphone and they're talking trash and they're saying whatever they want and they're not really in line with the head coach and they they just they're and it turns out that some of what they're doing on the sidelines is about getting themselves attention. With Sala, it's clearly not that. He's not doing any of that stuff on the sidelines to get himself attention. And I'm confident in that because when I've watched him talk, he doesn't say anything that makes it about himself. He doesn't give you any, he doesn't try to be hilarious. He clearly he has a good rapport with people, but he's just there to do what he's supposed to do. He doesn't act I like he dislikes about it. That. He clearly probably, it's probably why he interviews so well, right? Uh, he is so for a guy who acts very high energy on the sideline, he's actually a really even keel guy. Whereas yeah. sometimes those guys can be kind of roller coasters, right? He's not. He's kind of more like he is more like Kyle that way. Like once they talk, they both are just like. There's Feels like Kyle's lows it. might be even lower. Might be lower. Yeah, yeah. But Kyle's, Kyle's the head coach. Low. It's different, right? <laughs> yeah. Roberts, I, 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 I don't think Salah's lows as a head coach. I think he. That's where he's probably a little Gus Bradley ish. Just that positive energy. Yeah. Like I, I think Kyle. Because when I think Kyle, I think Mike. I mean, there's, just, Kyle, there's some natural yeah. negativity. Kyle has there, to fight more which, anger which demons I, which than I, Sala. Which I do think is healthy in football. I mean, there is. It's not a you know just roses all day long. And I think sometimes that's where Gus Bradley, and that's where I that would be my one question with Robert. Like, is he too positive of a guy? Yeah, I, I, I mean, think, I'd say Pete's been a pretty big outlier. I, I think for a head, I think it's. It's unique for a defensive coach to have that person to be a pos, air coach positive guy. It's a unique combination. Well, it, it works yeah, with all the Pete, offense. It's all Pete's guys. Dan yeah. Quinn, Gus Bradley. I think Ken Norton is a lot like that. Robert Sala. Like Pete has Pete doesn't surround himself with negativity. No. That's true. That, right? He, he doesn't. Like his his guys are uplifters. And I, I do think they it comes natural. Like, I don't think Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn. I mean, you hear all these people tell these stories about these guys. They like really are what Pete kind of sounds like. Pete has been the only guy that can win like that, like consistently, right? It's hard. Yeah. Like Dan Quinn kept, but kept saying over and over. And Dan Quinn was probably the best version of the Pete tree. Cause is Robert solid, the Kyle tree or the Pete tree? You're kind of both. Pete did put him on the, again, I'm going. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, it's a good question. I mean, Kyle doesn't have a tree yet. He would be the first. Yeah. Kubiak, he's probably a combination of it. We'd have to see what, you know, it's it's the fact that he's a defensive coach and Pete's defensive coaches are the ones that get jobs. Yeah. Probably makes him feel like part of that tree. He he just, he does feel, I mean, Gus, are, you know, yeah. Tanner, Pete. Dan Quinn <laughs> did go to the Super Bowl. Oh, but I'm not, I'm saying Dan Quinn was solid. Like Dan yeah. Quinn is a lot better than Gus Bradley. But I do think the problem with Dan Quinn, when you just read about what happened in Atlanta, was just like his message when you're always saying positive. Like, Andy is not a negative guy. 
But there is an accountability that, like, you ain't hitting it. You, you all of a sudden you'll be like, God damn, Billy got cut. You know? Yeah, it's like one of those things on Monday. Also, like, Andy impacts like, the game so much as a play caller. True, but I would say the one way he consistently sets his tone is like, I'm not, I'm not going to waste much time yelling at you. We will just replace guys in the season, bench guys, cut guys. I think Kyle's a lot like that. Well, yeah, right? but, but there's I, not much like, and I, I wonder if Robert Sala sometimes that guy always feels he can save a guy. I think the thing he has going for him, though, is he's he's clearly more than just... He, he is a... I would imagine he would call defense when he gets his job. I would... I'd hope so, yeah. Yeah, like, he's not... He is... We're talking about him like he's a culture, big-picture guy. But I think what the second half of this season, what this season really established was he is a very good defensive coordinator, right? Yes. So if his not defenses arguable. are really good, then there's just a kind of a tone that that sets for your team. Yeah. Got to happen. I mean, we see it a lot where like the coordinator goes to a job and it's the opposite. Yeah, you're like God, isn't this guy an offensive guy? Why is defense? Sometimes right. it's hard because you're going to go to a shitty team. Yeah. Usually, when you go to a shitty team, their defense is way worse than their offense, right? Especially some of these openings, like the Texans, the Falcons, the Lions. So the Chargers, Marvin Jones. I look Chargers up. Marvin Jones is like 50 fantasy points today. Matt Stafford threw four touchdowns. Like the, the, when you think the Lions, the defense is not their issue. When no. I think the Falcons, the offense is not their issue. It's their defenses are. are terrible and i think the thing we've seen with the niners like it took them a couple years to get some of the jimmies and the joes and then even their backups became solid robert Sala's defense wherever he goes more than likely is just gonna suck right off the bat yeah and it would suck like if him and kyle showed up if he goes to the chargers i bet it'd be good pretty quickly yeah well they're already a top 10 defense though that's the job i would take me too i wouldn't touch the lions (laughs) that's back to our original point like it's one thing, like, you know, I'm from Oregon. Oregon wants to take me, but I have the LSU job. You know, it's like in college, in the pros, who gives a shit? You know, it's like, fuck, I, I would be begging for the charger job. Why? I wouldn't touch the Lion job. I, I had, Move your parents out here. I think you I'd know? take the Jets job over the Lions job. I, I think the Lions job is the most untouchable job of them all. It's by far the worst job. And I, I despise the Jacksonville job, but even that's clearly better with the number one pick. <laughs> clearly. We've got some breaking news in the middle of this podcast. Um, not shocking news. It's honestly kind of surprising it's lasted this long. Yeah. yeah who did sure. you, who just reported it? You can say it. Tell the news. I, I, I think they they just released a statement. Okay. So the Jets have parted ways with Adam Gase, 9-23 and 23 in his two years. And uh, two of those nine came in the last three weeks of the regular season. Right? They won two <laughs> of their last three? Yeah. They've won two games in a row coming in today. They've, he, they've could, he, almost, he almost finished on a three-game winning streak if he had beaten Belichick. Got, I guess it wasn't all. I put, I, I, I put money on Adam Gase today against Bill Belichick. Lost, but felt pretty good about it. Looked they good were for 14, a while. Yeah. yeah, looked good. So how do we feel about that job? We were just talking about it a little bit with Robert Sala, that Robert Sala should rather have the Jets job than the Lions job. I think the job has two really good things going for it. Number one, even before the quarterback situation – you have a proven general manager. Like, this guy built the Eagles or helped, I mean, played a huge role, like him and Howie. He was the personnel guy. He ran the department. Uh, and it's just widely considered just a stud in the NFL. Gets along with everybody. Like, gets along with Adam Gase to this day. Like, I think having a good GM, like, that is a big deal. Not like some shady guy. Not some media-driven guy. Like, an kind of like... I don't even know how to describe him, like a Ted Thompson but when he was way younger. You know, just nuts, bolts, football, none of the fluff. Well, he's a guy that football people and people that connect, like, seem to like, but he doesn't really have yeah, a big 
profile no, I, I, from a media you standpoint. You know what he'd be? He'd be like a less famous, like the guy with uh, Spielman's brother in Minnesota. That's just like, this Rick. guy's a football guy. But he's just more famous. He's been doing it longer, yeah. Rick. And his brother's famous. But he's just, an, everyone loves him in Maybe the NFL, a, thinks a, he's really good. A, a less accomplished to this point, Ballard. Like that, yeah. And that, to me, is just a big deal. Like it, w- w- The number one thing you hear with a coach, right, it's rarely like the quarterback I mean, obviously, the quarterback situation plays a big part, but it's usually like the alignment in the organization. Because the coach goes, I'll fucking figure out what I want to do with the quarterback. Ideally, you'd like a guy, but some of these are already predetermined. Like, Matt Ryan's not going to go anywhere. Like, if you take the Texans job, like, the quarterback, you're not even thinking about the quarterback. You're like, hey, we got Deshaun Watson. Like, who do I report to? Who runs the roster? Right? And so it's like you and Joe Douglas. It'd be the team effort. And then number two is the quarterback situation. Like, they have good options. Like, you could either like Sam Darnold and just coach around him or trade Sam Darnold and use his number two pick on a guy that just threw six touchdowns and has a chance to throw more and another huge upset. Like, if Justin Fields wins the national championship, is it crazy to think that he's the number two player now? Like, I think he's just he can definitely right be, up He can definitely mix. be the number two player again. Yep. So you just have quarterback options. So you have a stable general manager who has a proven track record in the league. I know not as a true GM in Philly, but like he gets a lot of credit for that. And then a good quarterback situation in a, in a fucking major market in a brand that matters, yeah. right? In the brand that the NFL wants to be good. Like I, I think it's a big time job. I'll add a third thing that I think is really significant: the Jamal Adams trade. They have two ones and two threes. Yeah. Um, feels a little like you know, not not that Miami is good because of all the draft picks they've had, but. Miami had an opportunity early. They kind of helped them. Re- it helps you reset. It just helps you reset. Gives you a lot of options. It, it it means that when you look at your roster, you go, you can see what ways to really improve your roster pretty quickly. Now, you know the Seahawks pick is it's a it's an NFL first rounder, so it's. Very but here's valuable. the thing: like Seattle's kind of limping into the playoffs. Who knows? Like I, they're no sure thing to just win playoff games. And the thing we saw last year with the Bills, okay, let's say you just use pick twenty four this year on, you know defensive end Haberman from USC or whatever. What about next year? You're like eight and eight your first year with like Stefanski, you know, whoever your coach, I said Stefanski, Sala, you know, whoever, Matt Campbell. And you go Seattle one and done in the playoffs. And that picks 22. What if you go like, let's trade him for, you know, that year's fucking, uh, that Jamal Adams or that Minka Fitzpatrick or that, uh, Stefan Dix. Like it it, it is a powerful thing to have. (laughs) It's not arguable. (laughs) You know, it helps. And I think we saw it last year with the Niners. Once you get the second first round pick, it just gives you a ton of options. And they and so they should have good options in terms of head coaches. Like Brian Dable, you've just watched him in that division. I think you you were texting me. We were texting on Saturday when Oregon just almost pulled off the game against Iowa State, John. Just lost in the Fiesta Bowl about Matt Campbell. You know, it's been hard for people to pull Matt Campbell away from Iowa State, but he did just kind of cross a threshold with them this year. Got got them to the New Year's Six for the first time, won the game, won the Fiesta Bowl. I they showed. The, I saw he's called the best team in Iowa State history. Wow, I did not see that. Um, I he's been there how many years now? Five. Yeah, five or six. It felt like longer to me, but they showed a clip, and they think they labeled it 2015 of when he got the job. That he said, "We are here for the long haul." And you know, maybe five years, you can convince yourself you were that. Six years feels like you have crossed the threshold of the long haul, but. He he's not leaving them in the middle of the job. Like clearly they've elevated to another level. So if he wants to do it, he could he could do it. 
Um, well, I, I know I know one guy. I'm just checking how long he was in Chicago. It might have just been one year. He was with the Bears for one year, but he went in because he was the director of college scouting in 2015 for the Chicago Bears. I've been told he knows uh, Fitz, being Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald. Like, oh, okay. Joe that, Doug, you're saying that Joe Douglas me, knows Pat Fitzgerald? Yeah. When I asked someone earlier this year what type coach, and we've talked about this before, it was like a John Harbaugh type. To me, that is kind of Pat Fitzgerald. It wouldn't shock me if like they offered Pat Fitzgerald the job. Now, I don't know if he'd take it, but... I'd rather have Pat Fitzgerald than Matt Campbell. And I think a lot of people like Matt Campbell and want Matt Campbell. Yeah. Like, I, I do think the college people, I've told Dan Mullen's going to be in the mix. I think Dan Mullen's a really good coach. Someone told me with kind of knowledge situation, like he'd leave Florida. It's just such a pain in the SEC. Like, well, he would fall Jets. in the category of guys we were talking about the other day. I think you just have some college coaches with the way the college world has changed, letter of intent stuff. Sorry, name, image, and likeness stuff. Um, Confusing NIL and NLI and the fa- I think that and all these free transfers that are gonna, about to happen in college football. I think Dan Mullen would be a safer hire than Matt Campbell because he does something specific. He can coach my quarterback, coach my offense. Yeah, and he's, and he's been, been doing really it good. Like I, I've seen Matt Campbell or excuse me, Dan Mullen go to Mississippi State, get them really good, produce NFL players and quarterbacks, and then go to Florida and be excellent. I know the game the other night was shitty, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think Dan Mullen's going to be in the mix. And this is good back to the Sala thing. You see, like, all these... Uh, look at the names I'm throwing. I didn't bring up one NFL guy. Right? We've talked three college guys. And if you're them, you might as well talk to Urban, too. <laughs> I mean, you know? yeah, you might as well. Urban, Urban, who's helped... Urban, who basically ran Colorado State search, maybe he could give you some thoughts on... Because remember, Urban tried to hire Matt Campbell... I think some of the when jobs... Matt were Campbell good. was a head coach, I think. Or maybe he was the OC at Toledo, and then Urban tried... Whatever the situation was, Urban tried to hire him. To Florida or Ohio State? To Ohio State. Gotcha. Um, and then he became the head coach at Iowa State or something, or he just stayed? No, well, he was at Toledo. Urban tried to hire him to Ohio State away I from he was Toledo. The he- I-, I thought he was the head coach at Toledo. He was. But Urban, yeah. it was weird. I don't remember what the deal was. Urban, yeah, Urban tried, tried to, to hire him, him coordinator. I'd maybe try to make him his coordinator, pay him more than he was making as the head coach at Toledo. That's very possible. Anyway, besides yeah. the point. Um, your point is they got really good options, and I agree with you. They I do, think there, I think there are some pretty good. Jo- like, if I had to rank the Jets' job, to me, the Chargers just watching some of that guy today. I mean, he's just he's just a remarkable player. He, uh, John, I'm beginning how. to think he might be better than Tua, but we'll have to give it seven years. <laughs> to me, I just I I don't know. I'm watching that guy play and thinking, how is Trevor Lawrence going to be better than this? Trevor Lawrence could be really good. I don't think he's going to. be I was than watching this. Trevor Lawrence thinking that. Yeah, so it's like to me that job might be number one. Like, I, I'm sorry. I would just rather be the head coach of the New York Jets than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just would. I mean, I just... Especially, I have the number two pick. Like, yeah. I, I I, think you could argue there are going to be some people that would be much more interested in the Jets than the Jags. Just for... They'd have an ego, money. If, if the money's similar to, like, well, they're both offering me eight. I'll be the fucking coach of the Jets. Yeah. That matters. I, I'm sorry. The coach of the Jags just does not matter. I get the NFL's big, and it's not like they, they if they got good, they wouldn't be on some primetime games, but... I don't think the NFL even cares if they get good or not. They do care about the Jets, and they want them to be good. <laughs> but and there might could. be some guys like Dan are. Mullen might prefer to live in Florida. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be some of that, and same with Urban. But I, I think the Jets are going to end up with a good coach. The Raiders beat the Broncos in a thriller to finish the season. But when you think we're going to zig, we're going to zag. I said to John uh, after the uh, game was done, what do you want to talk about with the Raiders? And you said, you know, I have a very positive angle on the Raiders today. And that is... Yes, I... 
Well, the first time since Gruden arrived, and he arrived, you know, this is going to be his fourth offseason. For three straight offseasons, guy, Derek has been a conversation. Would he stick with Derek Carr? Did he like Derek Carr? The last couple of years, did Derek do enough? Even last year when his stats were good, like, yeah, just stats look better than the eye test. I thought he was excellent this year. You know, given, I thought I thought he was really good. Like, he was, unlike the last couple of years, even though even last year wasn't all his fault, like, there was, he left a little something to be desired. Like, this year he played winning football, and it was 100% clear him slash the offense is the least of their worries. But their last, let me start rattling you off, starts with the Chiefs game. Here's what the defense gave up. 35, 43, 28, 44, 30, 26, 31. So there, I, I would imagine doing the math off the top of my head, probably about 32, 33 the last, you know, stretch of the season. When they when they were playing for the playoffs. It's just, that ain't getting it done. No. Um, you know, I saw you tweet something on Sunday, and I, th- I thought it was a great point. Nelson Aguilar has this great relationship with Derek, but you've used two significant draft picks on receivers. We didn't get to see. I a thought ton about. Of I thought Edwards. about it when Brian Edwards scored the touchdown in the back of the end zone. It's like you not only drafted Rugs in the first round yeah. at number twelve. This guy, like part of like being a good drafting team, it's like you don't pay Aguilar ten million. I know. And someone was like, "Well, Terrell Williams is coming off the books. Well, what do they need help on? Like you're you're equipped on offense. defense." But the problem is, like, you here's what you know. You know Nelson Aguilar is good. Now, this is not about Nelson Aguilar. My point is just, one way or the other, I think for Derek Carr, one of his big priorities has to be that next year when the season starts, him and Henry Ruggs hit the ground running. Because it might be that the Raiders are thinking about their team the same way you just described. That, yeah, they'd love to have Aguilar back, but does it make sense when they've spent these two draft picks? I kind of feel like they're going to bring him back because that's, you know, that, like if they bring him back, you'll know who did it, right? Gruden. Of course he did. He's in charge. Part of the reason we can have this conversation today about how good it is that we're not having the car conversation this offseason because we're not is because their season's been done for four weeks. It'd be nice week 14 is when you talk about the season ended. I mean, you don't prefer yeah. that, but their season ended four weeks ago, John. Like in the three years since Gruden took over, he has been the only coach of the Raiders. Duh. The Browns have had four different coaches in those three years because Greg Williams coached like half a, not quite half a season, right? Remember Hugh got fired with five or six games left in the year, maybe more. No, I remember, I thought it was relatively early. Maybe it was more. Maybe halfway through. The point is this, the four coaches the Browns had won more games in three years than John Gruden won. They've had an incredible amount of inconsistency at head coach. Hugh, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchen, they finally found their guy in in Stefanski. If I told you when the Raiders hired Gruden, the Browns are going to have four head coaches in the next three years, who's going to win more games? Never in a million years would you have said the Browns. No. Well, now you've got Carr looking good, and it turns out the problem is bigger than just quarterback. Much bigger. And it's... I'll give Gruden some credit on Carr looking good, right? That is part of why you hired him. 100%. 100%. But now it's about John Gruden, the GM, figuring this thing out. I, I completely agree. I mean, I just, you got to get better on defense. And I, I do think it is nice just to go into an offseason and not have to worry about that. Yeah. But I also think you do some, like, you reflect and go, like you said, you've kind of been out of it for a while. And just the math, you really weren't close. 
You finished three games, three games behind the seventh seed. Three's a lot, right? Three is a lot. Three's a lot. Especially when you were in the mix. Because I think you would just... When you were playing. Most seven and nine teams are not viewed even close to as equal as like 10 and six teams, right? If you go seven and nine, you don't go... We almost got there like that six or seven seed, the 10 and six team. And most times like a, a six seed can be 10 and six historically. But that seven, that seven and nine team never feels close to their equal. Like the Raiders, you feel kind of good, but really the separation was pretty wide. And we saw the worst of the bunch kicked your ass, right? Kicked your ass would be strong. The Dolphins beat you. And then the Colts, who are the seven seed, destroyed you. So that would, and clearly, like, the Ravens are better, right? You beat the Browns, but they're just going to be better over the season because I, I like Stefanski more. They're just going to, they're going to, they won way more games. So, like, the head-to-head really only matters if we have the same record. Yeah. And you don't have close to the same record. they have three more wins. And again, three games out, it's one thing when you just, when you were three games out the whole way, that's also bad. But they were in the playoffs and finished three games out. Yeah, and I think there. I, I think you. I think universally felt just. Yeah, the Raiders are going to go to the playoffs this year. I think there'd be some. Right? Ra- yeah. Yes. I. It was over. I'd stop worrying. About, I mean, they were. It was. How were they not going to make the playoffs? And I think there are probably a good number of Raider fans, just judging from the DMs I've gotten over the weeks, that wouldn't even agree with the fact that John Gruden, the coach, it's not the issue. It's John Gruden because John Gruden, the GM, is who needs to step up. Because there are a lot of people didn't don't like their don't love his play calling. Now, whatever. That's a separate issue. But it's here's one thing we we know, his quarterback can do whatever he needs him to do. They got to figure out they've they have got to figure out rugs. They have got to do it. That has to be their top priority. Yeah, offensively with 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 Derek. I think for the first time in those three years, like they're not going to do this. If Derek Carr was available, people would be lined up, right? Like the Colts would move on for like they would go after the Steelers. Like he would just have the Bears, like a ton of teams. Forty Niners. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a massive upgrade. I just think the team, like he is, he's a valuable NFL player right now. And so you're right. Gruden has turned him into a valuable NFL asset. The problem is like the defense gets worse and worse. Like you just, if you could just line it up, you'd be in pretty good shape, you know? But it doesn't feel like close to being lined up because they're going to do a total reset. So it's But just, they're not going to do a total reset because that's not what Gruden's about, which I don't yeah, blame him. This I mean, is your fourth. This isn't your two. And you're kind of stuck with some of the young rookies. Like, they're not going to go anywhere. And you got a brand new stadium that you got fans coming to. Like, yeah, forget I mean, about I, that I whole thing. On the, on the bright side of the brand new stadium, at least you score points. At least you're an entertaining team. You right? just got to be a player. You just, you, yeah. you can't go. No, no one gives a shit about eight and eight. Yeah, forget about any of that. You can't go four yeah. years without making the playoffs on a $100 million coach. And not even close to the playoffs, right? It's not like, well, they, they went 11 and five guy and they got left out. It, I, that would suck. But you, th- there would be a legit excuse. That, like, there are no excuses. It's like, no, you just, your defense sucks. And that's on you. You're the boss. You had a decade to figure this thing out. Be interesting to see, yeah, who do they hire as the defensive coordinator? I honestly, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Rod Marinelli is just going to be a lock to get it. I just think he'll just go back to defensive line and they'll hire someone. Yeah, well, he, no, he shouldn't be a lock to get it. Yeah. But it's like, are they going to get somebody? Raheem Morse, I think, would be in the mix. He'd be great. All right, John. Um, early Saturday morning, coming off a win over Colorado in the Alamo Bowl, Tom Herman was fired. And uh, not only was he fired, he was fired for 
Steve Sarkeesian, who's going to coach the national championship game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, what was your first thought when you saw this happen? Uh, my first thought was I saw Tom Herman was fired. So, obviously, the statement was said a couple weeks ago that he was going to be the coach in 2021. When they failed to my get Urban. Thought, yeah, my, my first thought was, like, did Urban reconsider? It was just kind of thought of, like, yeah. in that vein. Like, who did they just get? And then you just had to scroll a couple little scrolls to see Sark. And I, I was shocked, guy. I mean, I was floored might be too strong, but... Really, really, to me, Steve Sarkeesian, given where he's at right now, it wasn't that long ago that he was fired the day of showing up to a team meeting really drunk. Now, since then, he's gone to the NFL, went to a playoff game as a coordinator. He's won big with Alabama, but so does everyone as a coordinator, and it feels like he's cleaned up his life. That still feels like... I. Lane Kiffin had to go to FAU and was doing the same thing, kicking everyone's ass. Sark... I would say his incident was legitimately worse. He could not handle his alcohol around his team. Lane was just, they weren't winning, negative, whatever. But it wasn't like, didn't have his life together at SC. It was like the team was just, I. it's pretty nuts, guy, yeah. that he went from Alabama to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Lane, if you just, they were both similar, like rehab. Like had to do a legit, go to FAU. Like and even Colorado's like a much higher, he turned down Colorado last year and it turns out he was right. He got fucking Texas. Who feels like the better offensive coach, Lane or Sark? Feels like Lane, right? I yeah. Well, I just I know Lane now can handle a team and just be solid. Like I, Sark was one of the more underwhelming, overhyped coaches. Like Lane has kind of lived up to the hype a little bit since going back to Bama, going to FAU. I think Sark took a lot of heat when he was with the Falcons. Like you know, it's just. So I remember I now. Know. You and I are big Chris Peterson guys. When when he got the Washington job, that job, when he got it. Requ- they wanted to hire him, but Sark was their guy. Sark was their coach, and it was like, do we really fire Steve Sarkeesian at this point? He just won eight games. It's kind of weird. And then SC just hired him and answered Washington's prayers. Steve Sarkeesian has coached seven years, and like you said, his last year as a head coach. His last year at SC, he only lasted five games. He's coached more games than Tom Herman, and he's won fewer. Tom Herman's won. F- Tom Herman's John. 54 and 22. That's 71% of his games he won. Sark is 46 and 35. I I also think, and I, I know it's just one day and one incident, the firing of Sark that morning on Sunday morning, like Lane got fired on a tarmac, but it was like they lost Arizona State, I remember. It was just football. They, their football team was bad. It wasn't like Lane wasn't showing up. Guy, he got like... Remember all the stories and it was going crazy and no one knew what happened? Was he like on drugs? And he got removed from a team meeting. Like, that's fucking insane. That happened not that long ago. What year was that? 15? That's insane. That's crazy. Well, it is, but just, but to me, it's like, I, I would say this. Like, if the people around him are confident and the people hiring him are confident, his alcohol issues are behind him, there's still a question about what's his ceiling as a head coach? Because at Texas... But I'm, my my point is like, It'd be one thing if, like, the one reason the dude at Liberty, Hugh Freeze, is going to be at, like, Florida or Tennessee soon is, like, Hugh Freeze, you get that guy, bro. He is good. Well, I know. You know That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, Nick, say, if I just did the equivalent of, like, you know, Dabo's got a little bit of a drinking problem. No one would care. Sark is not Doc Rivers. Your problems outweigh you. Like, he's not even that great of a coach. But this is my point. His ceiling was nine wins in seven years. That's the most games he won, and he did it one time. And then the, the other high was eight. He's It's... That's what I'm saying. It's like Tom Herman. Didn't Peterson go to the playoffs with a lot of his players? 
they went to the playoff in fifteen. Well, it would have been the was it the sixteen New Year? So well, like Pettis season? and John Ross and those guys were his guys, right? Buda Baker, Jake Browning was felt like a was Peterson Pete's. guy, but Jake, Jake guy, Browning yeah. was young. Jake Browning was like a freshman. Was a freshman, but yeah. all their the other guys around him, all the juniors and seniors, were Sark's guys. Clearly, oh, I don't think there's a. I actually they've had Sark some talent, which great that Texas needs it. Um, not that they were poorly talented, but my point is no, just... Sark crushed it recruiting at Washington. Remember, that was, was so disappointing. He was recruiting so well, and they weren't winning. That's why he got a lot of... People forget. Well, he was recruiting like, studs. John, Tom Herman is one at a higher level, period. Now, you could argue, well, the Saban thing's real. Look at Crystal Ball. People know he was not going to be a head coach again until he got to work with, with Nick. Um, and that, Lane. It, obviously, Lane. Uh but I, I'm just saying, that, and here's the other part of this. This is a very high-pressure job, like especially relative to what they've done. Like Alabama's high-pressure. Okay, yeah. The standards national championships. Texas is kind of SC-ish where the pressure's high, but it's like, what have you guys really done? I feel the job's a little but overrated. With way more, but people care way more than on I, the West Coast. I feel the job's overrated, but then you get paid. Are, there, are there five more pressure-packed jobs? It's probably top They do three. pay commiserate with the pressure. True, but I'm just saying, like, Alabama, Ohio State's probably really high. I mean, I, I think Texas views themselves as equals yeah. to these guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they don't hold a candle to the other team in their conference. It'd be the equivalent of, like, like at the end of the day, is LSU Alabama? No, but they view themselves as equal. The difference is like LSU has been consistently good. Like Texas hasn't been consistently good, so Texas views themselves like, why can't we win just like Oklahoma? Because you never do. Like LSU at least can say like, we know what it can look like. I don't even we we know what it can look like. Yeah, you know, thirteen years ago, like this is the last. You guys haven't even been close to relevant. Your good teams are like ten and three. But that, and I don't know, and you and you get mad. That's to your point. Like you get mad at that. Like I, does Sark have a ten and three team in him? Like the first two years? Well, Herman did. Herman won ten games year two. Got a contract extension. He got fired after four years, and he got a contract extension in the middle of it. I'm not gonna bet on the guy to fail. I'm not rooting for him to fail. I hope he does well. I'll be surprised if it goes well. Yeah, I mean, it's again part of this is that job is really difficult, but. I mean, you do, you are in, like, what are the pluses? You are in Texas. You do have the reason, part of the reason but, is but, difficult. But that's they a, give that's you, the thing with like USC being in LA. Like, if your program's not going in the right direction, no like, AM's there, Oklahoma you, comes through, Alabama comes through there now. You have limitless funds. You got everything you need financially. You have unlimited positives, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just there are, there is history. a lot of weight that comes with it. And the history matters less and less. I think, I think the, an underrated part about Texas. A&M being the SEC, like, up their stock. Yeah, it's true. Like, when I think the number one program in Texas, I mean, to me, it's Texas A&M without hesitation. Yeah. So, Sark, where when Mac had them humming, there was not a close second, even when A&M was kind of cool, and even Leach with Texas Tech. Part of, remember, when Crabtree beat them, it was like, oh, my God, they slayed the giant. But it didn't make, they didn't become the giant after that win when Crabtree kept his feet in. Remember that? And he tightroped it. You you were just David versus Goliath, and you got him, and then they just kept on being Goliath. Right. I don't know, like watching Jimbo against UNC, and basically, 
I think it's fair to say Jimbo is the second best coach if you just look at his body of work in the SEC. The only thing he has going against him because his programs humming, their talent stack, their recruiting class are stacked. He's just in Saban's division. But like, how is Sark going to be better than him? And in a weird way, even though they're not in Texas' conference, you know the way their boosters are going to kind of compare you to him. Right. So you're getting compared to Lincoln Riley and Jimbo Fisher, which Sark's just not as good as those guys. Like we we know for a fact. But right, just. <laughs> Going to Big 12 championship games is going to be a major upgrade for them on a consistent basis. If he can just do that, even if Oklahoma, even if you can't get over that hump, that's you get fired One for thing not winning the Big Sark 12. Would be for like Campbell to leave. Yes, but you get fired for not winning the Big Big 12. That's like five years. Like you just consistently make make two out of the next three Big 12 championship games. Which again, yeah. you fired Tom Herman. You can, so you can do with Oklahoma. That's the nice part, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like the Big 10 where like Michigan can't make it over Ohio State. <laughs> In their division, just the top two teams make it, which I like. I appreciate Michigan being like, you know, look, man, let's just <laughs> let's let's battle for second place. Or yeah, third. Jim, you want to stay, Jim? You want to stay? I, I just Corona I, zooms. I just I don't want to go on a search. Just fuck here. 2026. Yeah, you're good. Has Jim, I don't think as of recording this, Jim has officially signed it. Is he going to parlay it into an NFL? He's going to take the try and get the Jets job. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I just. The Jim Harbaugh experience from Michigan is just weird. I wish I, I wish they'd I, fired him. I don't him. think it's crazy for them just sticking God, with him. I wish they'd fired him so so he could have been Saban's OC. <laughs> that would have been the greatest pairing of all time. Would Jim be the first guy to lead a team to a Super Bowl and then become like an assistant offensive line coach? <laughs> <laughs> would he get a would he get a coordinator job? Because he would not. No, he wouldn't. That's what would make it so funny. Is he no What would his position be? Like O line? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'd be quarterbacks. I think it'd be like O line. I think he'd have Jim Harbaugh be being like a tight end coach. coach. He would just he'd go back <laughs> to San Diego or something. I, well, I think he's just like take over high school. Western Kentucky. He, J, J, Jim is one of the rare guys. It's head coach or nothing. That's right. Like, could he do anything else? No, he can't. <laughs> could he couldn't coach a position? No, and no, no one would want him to. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'll get one problem for Jim too. Like that was a pretty big win for Ryan Day, beating Clemson and kind of beating Humongous. the shit out of him because you just you do kind of. I judged him a little bit. Like, these are all, all Urban's players. You know, last year, what is he? who's he really beat? Like, okay, that's that's a Ryan Day win where I go, okay. <laughs> yep. And you know that's what? That's a big boy win. Yeah, it was. That's a, that's an equity in my city because you're such, you're going to be a huge underdog to Alabama. Like, you just, after the guy was kind of talking shit about us, you go in there and you kick his ass. Like, if I was Ohio State fan, I'm, I, I fuck with Ryan Day moving forward. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have already, yeah. but that was like, that was like a Harbaugh 49ers first year moment. Like, oh, the Saints, John Payton, I'm going to kick your ass, right? No you doubt. Get, you know, I'm going to run quarterback sweeps and we're going to win a playoff game. It was like, damn, this Jim Harbaugh guy's sweet. But you gotta, you have to do it. And I think Ryan Day just kind of did it in in kind of sweet fashion. What would you say over there, Dabo? I mean, and Dabo had I, to take it on the chin. It was an, it was really impressive. <laughs> they kicked his ass. When people are like, why do, oh, why do they get the benefit of the doubt? It's because, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, where it's like, why, why do you, you know, why do they get, they only played five games? It's like, you know why? Because they reward you when you believe in them. That's why, yeah. when people say like, why, last year shouldn't matter. Right. But you know what voters want to be? They want to be proven right. When my ballot gets published and I voted somebody nine, 
I want at the end of the year to be like, yeah, remember I had them nine on the preseason poll. I want to vote for teams that make me look good at the end. Those Now, that motivation does not get in the way of like me doing my job as a voter or as the college football playoff committee. But if I'm the committee, I want to put teams in that when I put them in, people go, yeah, that team belonged. Well, guess what Ohio State does? They make you look like you're right when you believe in them. So when you're like, well, I don't know, should I go with AM? Should I go with Ohio State? Should I go with Notre Dame? Should I go with what about what if SC was unbeaten? Would they have a chance? I just know this. Every time you do that, it makes you more likely to get the benefit of the doubt the next time. It's just you're yeah. like any other resume. Do you deliver or do you not deliver? They deliver. Well, I, I, yeah, I I got three teams. Like they're getting the the benefit of the doubt for the foreseeable future moving forward. That is the fucking three main teams. Like they're just, I, I never want to hear an argument like, are you kidding me? The eye test, it shouldn't matter. Because Ohio State now, twice, because there was a big beef. Like, should they get in with the, with the amount of games? And they change the rules. Then they go and beat the shit out of Clemson. Remember, they did it not the first playoffs against Alabama. And it's like, who the fuck is Zeke Joey Bosa? Well, they're ass kickers. You know why? Because they recruit, like, who are these random guys in Ohio State? I don't know. Five fucking star kids, you know, that are going to be first-round picks. So just because most of us haven't heard of them, and this might be the guy's redshirt freshman year in a five-game season, you know what that guy's going to be in two years? He's, he's going to be fucking Chase Young. His name's just John Williamson. Well, Like, that's who that is. The other thing that happens is when you play in these that's games where recruiting, with those guys. And that's where those guys argue, like, recruiting shouldn't matter. The fuck it shouldn't. Because it consistently does for these top teams that are top recruiting teams. Because it you matters it in these matter games. In the you rankings? see it. Yeah, I mean, that's, but that's why. It doesn't, I'm with you. It doesn't end up mattering because we have like this empty belief in the, in the, in the rankings. It matters because I watch the game and they go, oh, who's that? Oh, that's the number one receiver. Oh, who's that? That's this guy. Oh, who's that? That's that guy. Oh, you end up on the field for a team that is top five and top two in recruiting every year. That means you must be good. And then you play in these games. And as freshmen, you make plays in the most watched college football games of the season so that I know who you are next year. And then I know who you are the next year when you're only it's it's what's happened with Alabama's receivers. It's what's happened with Trevor Lawrence. It's just it's part of the deal. I get to see you in the biggest games. So now you're a household name. Anyway, you want to talk about the uh, playoff? Well, I think a little bit like the college football playoffs. I do think the AFC this opening weekend uh, Miami w- turns out they they didn't deserve to be in. Like they had a fantastic season, and if you told me, even though he missed the playoffs, Brian Flores won Coach of the Year. I guess the fancy's gonna win it because he didn't make the playoffs. But if you told me Brian Flores has won it, even with missing, I got no beef. Wait, he, they had no business. They look more like a seven win team. Than they do a ten win team, and they won ten. Depending games. on who their quarterback is. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it showed today. Like Fitz wasn't around. Tua stunk. Like, Tua was terrible. Well, I texted but you like, during the game. Like, if if India had ended up losing to Jacksonville and Miami got in, I think Fitzpat- you would have had to start Fitzpatrick next week. You couldn't have done the Tua thing again, right? Uh, Yeah, I, you're probably right. Uh, they, They've been weird with it. I know. Like it would have been the right how, thing to do. How, how'd they go that. back to him this week, you know, after last week? To me, though, Indy just deserved to be in. And I think Indy's flawed or whatever because Phillip can just be a little hit or miss. But they, the three playoff teams, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy, this is going to be tough for Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. I'll make a prediction right now. One of these three teams is going to lose. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. I'll be be surprised if all three home teams win. 
because the the, the margin for error, like all these sp- spreads are close. I'll, th- yeah, I'll just, tell you who I think it's going to be. I kind of think it's going to be Pittsburgh. As someone who thought Blues they were Cleveland, who, as someone who thought they were the best team in the NFL for a good portion of the year. You, you think Indy could beat Buffalo? It's no. hard for them to score. Yeah, it's hard I for don't. them to score. Baltimore, Tennessee. Say one thing for Tennessee. That fucking guy, I mean, he just ran for 2,000 yards. He's incredible. He, back-to-back years, 2,000 yards. They said on the broadcast that every player in the history of the league that's gone back-to-back 2Ks is in the Hall of Fame. Wow. And you're watching him, you go, yeah, this guy's a Hall Like, I just... He's their best player on a team that's now consistently good, like dramatically their best player on team. They have other good players, and it's just like he's just running, hitting guys. I thought, like, of, how's he doing this? Because he's not shifty, but it's just he's an ass kicker. I thought man. about Saban a lot when I was watching him on Sunday, watching Derrick Henry. Just like this guy played in college, that seems unfair. <laughs> yeah. Who do he play for? Who do you think? Um, you, you know, you know what's crazy about his career though, guy, hmm. is. I, I misspoke. He didn't have 2,000 yards. He al- he almost had it, right? Well, he had 1,500 yards last year. So what year. was that? I, I heard them say something about I, Hall of Famers. Back to back. I actually think there are only, I think there are only eight. Maybe there are only eight 2,000-yard seasons in the history of the league, but like uh, Chris Johnson is in the 2K. He's talking about Hall of Famers. Well, Fame I know he's I, the first guy to lead the league in rushing back-to-back years since LaDainian Tomlinson. Could it be that stat? Okay, that, 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 that's, that's the stat. So the only guys in league history to lead the league back-to-back years – because that's a long time ago, right? So think about it. Since 07, we've had new yardage leaders every year. Any guy with back-to-back years leading the league in rushing has made the Hall of Fame. Not 2,000 yards. Well, but see, I think you might be right about the 2,000-yard thing because obviously Chris Johnson's not. But everyone else, maybe it's like of the guys that have done it, all but one are. Well, no, Jamal Lewis isn't in the Hall of Fame, so never mind. Yeah. Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Lewis, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, CJ, 2K. And um, OJ Two K. <laughs> He's really good. To me, the NFC it doesn't really get good till the second round. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I do think the Saints. I mean, they had every guy got Corona, and because the contact tracing. Now, who knows? They're all back. The Bears. I mean. Yeah, probably. I'm just Aaron Donald said after the game, the Rams, uh, after the Rams game, that Seattle's who they want to play. Like they got what they wanted. Seattle's off. I mean, just Russell looked kind of weird. I mean, I wouldn't say they pulled the game out of their ass, but they definitely didn't just control that game. I mean, they were legitimately getting beat, and then they pulled like two really good drives. Not out. They just what they normally look like, but they couldn't do that all game long. I got them a little red flag. And then Jamal Adams, something happened on a blitz. He got a stinger. And then I saw Greg Olson, like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, my shoulder's kind of weird. Mm. Like, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I think it now, well, let, let's talk through this for a second. I think Ten- Green Bay is the, unlike the AFC, Kansas City is the big favorite, but they have been playing weird. Like, Green Bay is the best team in the NFC, and they've been fucking remarkable. I'm like, with last. you. So the question is, I, it's interesting, right? Because Tampa's the five seed. They would need the Rams or the Bears to win to end up playing Green Bay. Yeah. To avoid playing Green Bay, right? Or do you think the Rams can beat Seattle with John Walford? Uh I mean, guy, he looked like a practice squad guy. I mean, I, when you put it like that, no. But yeah, I just think Seattle's susceptible. 
But what I'm getting at Arizona, is Arizona was also playing with a guy from the Canadian League. That's the worst looking quarterback I've ever. Well, were you were you watching like all of a sudden they're like, oh, Kyler's back in the game. He pulled like a Roethlisberger. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you out or are you in? Kind of weird. Here's what I'm getting at, John. Tampa obliterated Green Bay the first time they played. If I'm Tampa, I don't want to play that team again. I that remember that game was weird. They got off to a really bad start. Rogers threw the pick six, and the whole thing fell apart. But so you're basically just hoping. Do you think Tampa can beat you, Green Bay again? Uh, I mean, they do things that translate. They have a big time quarterback that's used to playing in the cold. They have a run game, and they have a really good defense. So yeah, I'd say they match up. Like if you're Green Bay, you really hope the Rams upset Seattle. So you get Tampa, the Saints, which is it kind of like college basketball in the tournament? It's hard to beat a team, you know, four times or three times. It's, the Saints have kicked their ass twice. Yeah. Green Bay is the to best me, the game, team, the but games, there are some the bad matchups for them then. To me, the game don't get really interesting in the NFC till the second round. Like, do you think the Bears have any chance to upset the Saints? Uh, No. Yeah. But you just don't know what a roster is going to look like either. Yeah, that's another curveball here. Do you, if you had to make a prediction, do we think what happens if on like a Wednesday, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, uh, Baker, Lamar's probably good, <laughs> Roethlisberger, Josh Allen? Does the game get moved it, to like a Monday or a Tuesday? I think you got it. The NFL wants the NFL wants no part of a team having to play with another starting quarterback in this situation, right? Especially if it's like, oh, we're gonna have a playoff game on a Tuesday night. All of a sudden, watch this work. <laughs> Yeah, we already got six. I love that the right? stat, the season ends, and it's like, the NFL, incredible, 256 games, didn't miss one. It's like, well, yeah, because they did absolutely whatever it took to play the games, which is fine. But it was like, sorry, you've had three days rest. You're going to play on a Saturday afternoon on the road, and then you're going to yeah. play the next Thursday night. You get credit for getting it all in. But it was there was a lot of weird shit. There was, and I, I got no issue with it. I'm just saying a team played a game without a quarterback. I'd say that was the weirdest. You made a team play a game without a quarterback. Was that a Tuesday afternoon or a, no? No, sorry, that was the ah. Uh, that was a that was a normal game. Yeah, I would that say was that was game. weirder having a game on it. Was it a Wednesday or a Tuesday? I think it was a Wednesday because there was we had games on all we had games on every day. Yeah, so that was the Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That was the Steelers yeah, game, game on a Wednesday afternoon. Yes, without I mean they had a quarterback, but they didn't have Lamar Jackson. With Robert Griffin III. Robert Griffin III played the Steelers on a Wednesday afternoon. That, to me, was weirder than uh, the quarterback <laughs> I, for the Broncos. I, I agree. That, that, but it, that was the weirdest moment of the league. But you bring up an interesting question. I, the quarterback, no do? quarterback, close, second. What would they do is a very interesting question. I think their inclination, as weird as it would be, to try and move the game, if they can, first. Especially if it's yeah. a contact trace and not a positive test. I think you have to be because if it's a positive part of test. your part of your part of your product, like good, bad publicity, all that shit. I I don't think you can play playoff games without Josh Allen's, the Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers. Like you move it back, and then you just figure it out. As you but go. do you agree there's a now difference time between a side. positive test where a guy might be out, several, you might be out two weeks, you probably can't wait versus. I've seen a lot of these positive tests. These guys. Come well, back yeah, yeah. Quick. I mean, you're right. You get a pot. It's like we will. We're not just gonna. <laughs> power through ahead until we make sure yeah. for sure that you've got it. That's one thing I think like in California, like it does feel like there are a lot of false positives just naturally with this test, uh, you know, in, in like States, it just becomes a positive. You never know any different, but in the NFL, cause they test, you get tested every day. Yeah. Right. If I just go and I'm asymptomatic, 
and I go let the state test me, boom, they know that I'm positive. But let's say I'm asymptomatic slash I am a false positive. I never go back. I just maybe go quarantine or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I was asymptomatic. I was Paul. In the NFL, you're just tested every day. In a hospital, you'll get tested negative. multiple times, though. But you're right. You could end up at home sitting but I'm in saying your closet the for 14 The days. majority of these cases that you read about are just people getting tested and leaving, right? Or not in the hospital. Where in football, they're just getting tested and they get sent home or stay, but they, they come back the next day. Well, they're doing their damnedest to retest. Yeah. Especially if you don't feel anything. And you're getting quick tests. You're not getting three days, right? You are getting 15 day, yeah. 15 minute repeated piece. I know they're in college. I'm sure is the NFL the same? Where it was like, oh, we're doing PCR and antigen, and like we're doing everything we could possibly do. So, yeah. I would imagine to answer the, I think they would move a game. Yeah, I'm with you. Same. So, I, which I wouldn't I mean, hate. I wouldn't hate it either. But it just throws all. You know, it's like then what do you end up doing the next week and the next week? Because you can't have a team now. Sometimes you could go Sunday to Saturday or. Could you go Sunday? To, yeah, you could go Sunday to Saturday. You could short short week in the playoffs, right? Well, some teams get screwed, you know, on the opening weekend. But would they make Sunday, a team go? They wouldn't make you go to like they would move another game back for you, right? Yeah. And then you'd have to move another yeah. game back. And that's where having two weeks for the Super Bowl actually really work. Yeah, some one maybe one team gets a week and a half, and it's no big deal. You just live with it. I I would imagine the Super Bowl a lot like the bowl games. Like Drew told me at Oklahoma, they just went out the day before. You know, typically at a bowl game, you go there for five days. Same thing with Super Bowl. Howard, they're not, they're just going to no be at home and then yeah. go. Yeah. I hope they don't make guys do it on Zoom. But, but I'm just saying, like, you, do you think the team is going to go to Tampa for the week? Wouldn't they just stay in Kansas City or Pittsburgh? Well, or wherever you are I mean, I, why not? I mean, you could just bubble up at a hotel in Tampa and just be there. You could, but. I don't know. I don't either. That's a good question. I bet they don't have a firm answer on that yet. Maybe you're going to see how the winter playoffs go. Yeah. Because if there aren't any issues, wouldn't I, I do think the safest thing would just be to have Steve at home keep doing what you're doing. Because the Super Bowl just is not going to exist this year, right? Of what it normally is. Yeah. I would imagine it'll be like the World Series, though. They would. I would guess there'll be some fans. Remember Tech? Oh, Remember yeah. the World T- Series had fans. So it'll be, you'll have well, some Tampa's open, yeah. Well, God, they're fans at every fucking game. <laughs> like, I mean. Yeah, but like Buffalo had 6,000. Like, like, I think the World Series had more than that, didn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, Tampa's going to have 25. Yeah. Um, And it, I saw someone already bought a national championship seat for like 18,000 because obviously there's way less tickets. Oh. And the 50-yard line's going pretty good. Why not? I guess you can't really do that in the NFL. I was going to say, why not just take the whole league to Tampa for the playoffs? So no one ever missed. I think the, I think the players pushed back against that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It was, but that wouldn't yeah. be a reason not to do it. This is the NFL. They don't get. They don't get a say. No, <laughs> but I, this I is the NBA or Major League Baseball. I, I think I think I think the teams are saying we actually feel pretty good about our setup here. Yeah, I mean they've it's been fine. It's, it's easier at home, I think, than going to a new venue. I would say the smart move would not be to go, but it, clearly the NFL doesn't give a shit. No. and I, I don't mean that in the negative way. Like when a lot of media people say it, I just mean like they just. They've been able to do it their style. They don't need to change because it's working for them. Right. I think think most players in general, it's just their their sports set up much easier just given that like you tell guys what to do. For the most part, they listen. And every day is a work day. It's the nature of, yeah, every day is a work day helps. And they're long days. Well, according to CBA, I think Tuesday is a work day. Well, okay, yeah. That's true. But you got to get to work early the next morning. No, it's not like, oh, it shoot arounds at 11. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have first team BP 430 in the afternoon. 
It's like, no, meetings at seven. Yeah. Coffee is a huge part of the NFL. You know, I think in baseball it is because you when you show up there at one, you like have a cup of joe, but sometimes guys got up at like noon, right? Has sleep patterns just way different. Has has Cam Newton ever answered the question why he's awake for four hours before he has his first cup of coffee? My guess was he, he works out in the morning, but I need some caffeine for that morning workout. I uh, know, I just I I, I I do believe like everything that came out that Bill really likes him and I think he's a worker. That did seem a little extreme. I just, I've never heard of anybody being awake for four hours before their first cup of coffee. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think some guy, yeah, you're either just not a coffee drinker. Like Tom Brady always like, I don't drink coffee. Then it's like, okay. Right. Like Tom probably gets up early. But you are a coffee drinker, but you don't need it for three and a half, four hours. That's pretty nuts. When you're, when you're getting up really early? Do you believe that, that he gets up at 430? I, I believe he has gotten up at 430. <laughs> Yeah, that's different than getting up at four thirty. Yeah, like I, I don't believe like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Like, what what are you doing? Because you can get up at five thirty, be there by five forty, five fifty or six, and work out from six to seven. Like meetings don't start till eight thirty. Like you got, you know, it doesn't. The timetable doesn't even add up. You could do like three other things <laughs> with all the, some of your extra time. I just, I'll tell you this: if he's getting up at four thirty. And working out at that time, that's one of the most impressive things that anybody does. Like waking up at 4.30 and like sitting at the desk, checking out the stocks is one thing. Waking up at 4.30 and like maximizing your body's physical output is a whole nother level. I do think a lot of NFL coaches are in the weight room in the five o'clock hour and a decent amount probably of players are getting there by the early morning guys by like 5.45. I'd say five is pushing it a little bit. (laughs) That's... I know Herm is. Early. I'm not sure if it's five. Herm's very early, 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 like super early. Yeah. So he might be in the five realm. Like gets a workout in at like five thirty. I think five's early. Four thirty is really early. If Cam's doing that, more power to him. Absolutely. Easy. All right. Nut. On that note, adios. Later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.